This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. scope creep. I mean, is it not always a mystery on how a project that felt super clear in the beginning can quickly spiral out into an out of control and totally out of bounds mess? If you need help keeping your client projects inside of the agreed upon scope and communicating better boundaries, then I am so glad that you're here with us today. I'm talking to Latoya Russell. Latoya specializes in training virtual assistants in tech and more specifically automations. She mentors women and moms who crave income with flexibility so they can create a growing business as a demanded service provider. Her Autonomy of Automation course is what helps them master their special skill as an automation service provider. As systems and launch experts, Latoya and I both know how easily projects can get out of bounds. So we're helping you today to bring everything back into order. So let's go ask Latoya how she got paid when the scope creep was real. Latoya, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Tasha. (laughs) Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? I am. (laughs) This is a great one to kind of explain. I officially am now a tech virtual assistant mentor. And when I say virtual assistant, I'm talking about service providers, social media managers, general VAs, people who really want to own their role and get into tech. That is more so my role. I've come from a place of being a certified online business manager. I got certified as a master marketer certified in entreport. So all those things would spell out and tell everyone that I love tech, but more so um, since I've started training service providers to understand tech, especially automations, that is where my calling is heading. So I am doing less work within the agency, uh, my agency where I worked with launches and helping people set up their tech automations and getting those launches off the ground to more so helping virtual assistants start and grow their virtual assistant business and niche with I love that you have, uh, that you're a VA mentor specifically for tech VAs because it's so, so needed. And thank you for filling a hole in the industry. So that's amazing. (laughs) That's awesome. So uh, today we are actually talking about how to get paid when things go off the rails, which I'm so excited about because basically what we're breaking down is how to have the conversation when your clients are basically doing what's called scope creep. So can we first define what scope creep is? and why it's so prevalent in the virtual support space. What I look at this as is you you take on a client, everything is going well, you give them a proposal, you already know what you are supposed to do. And then the person gets comfortable, they like you, you like them, everything is going great. And you get a surprise task and now you're like, whoa, okay, you know what? 
I'm just going to do it this one time. But then that one time turns into two times and three times. And then you realize you are doing this thing over and over, but you're not being paid for it. So you are on the fence of if to approach your client because you fear, okay, maybe I'm going to lose them if I go and tell them they need to pay me more money for that. And in between there, you're kind of feeling unhappy. You start to feel you started this business not to be overworked and underpaid, but that is where you're feeling now because you're wondering, okay, how do I get out of this messy situation that I've put myself in? You're saying, I should have said no the first time so it doesn't come back. So all of that is where I put the scope creep. And along with that, even before you get to client stage, um, people also sometimes define scope creep as, is this person going to sign the contract. But today I want to stay on the side of after they've signed that contract and you're working with them, how tasks can kind of go off rails and erode into something that you did not imagine. Yeah. I I love that we're talking about and having this conversation because I think a lot of people, most of us are virtual support pros because we enjoy working with people, right? And we enjoy being supportive and being that support piece for people. And I think often we're people pleasers. And so like all the things that you were saying, we're thinking in the back of our mind, well, if I don't do this task, I'm going to lose the client or they're going to be unhappy or I want, you know, the, the referral or whatever the case may be. And so we end up doing things that are end up being detrimental to our own business because either we're doing too, too many things at once. And so we're not able to support our other clients in the way that we should, or we're just not getting paid for it. And I know I've been in that situation before and it doesn't feel good. And then you start resenting the client when you're right. It really isn't the client's fault because I truly believe that like most clients are good people and they're not they're not trying to cross our boundaries in a maniacal or evil way. They just don't know what they don't know. And so it's our responsibility as a service provider to reestablish and reset those boundaries and to, to say yes or no to clients. Do you agree with that? Of course. And then not only do we feel less of who we are and overwhelmed, we also start to think about, oh my God, this is going off the rails and then I'm not going to be able to get that review. Because now there's so much tension and you're probably not showing up the way you want to. So after the project or retainer or whatever ends, you feel embarrassed to reach out to this person to ask for a testimonial because now you feel, you know, there was sort of a tug of war there because I didn't handle the situation correctly. So now I wish I would have been able to use them as a a, a reference or ask them for a testimonial, but now you can't. Um, so yeah. all of this is is making sure that that relationship stays so you don't have those problems. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about like a lot of times we are conflict avoiders and we want to avoid the hard conversation. Whereas if we kind of like nipped it in the bud in the beginning, it doesn't have to be a hard conversation. It can just be a conversation, right? It can be a conversation business owner to business owner and being able to stand up for yourself and saying, hey, we agreed on this and this is not what is happening. Here's what's actually going on is really is powerful and impactful for both you and the business owner. I know um, I'm going to share a situation that I had. Uh, This was when I was still, I was a VA and I was kind of moving into the world of being an OBM and I didn't realize it yet, which often happens for a lot of us, right? (laughs) uh, And so what ended up happening was like, I realized all of a sudden I was managing all these things. I was, you know, I was writing some copy for my clients for like her emails and, and everything. And I was like, I'm not getting paid 
nearly enough for all of this. And so I wrote out what I was actually doing and looked at what, what my contract said we were supposed to be doing. And I just, I booked a, a Zoom call with her and had a conversation about it. And I think I took that retainer from being like $800 a month to $2,800 a month because nice. she understood and she saw the value of what I was bringing to her company, you know? So I, I just want to encourage people out there who are like, oh, it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's always hard to have a hard conversation. It's hard to talk about money, but it's your business and it's what needs to happen in order, you know, in order for you to grow. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is. And, and the more people understand that they're running a business, the better it is. I find that service providers think that they're just another team member. And sometimes they have that employee mindset. So they show up to, they show up looking for interviews rather than thinking, okay, I'm going to a sales call or a discovery call. I can't push any buttons here because this person may let me go, but being let go as a business owner means you now have opportunity to find other opportunities because you are the one in control of your income. There's no cap on it. You don't have to wait for $2,500 on payroll. If you need that now, find a way to go and get it. You can get it as long as you know how to get your clients. You've had at least one client, you know how to go and look for it. So there's never, there should never be a worry of losing a client when you have to reach out for something like this, because if they don't see the value and see what you're saying and, and understand that, okay, the task list has gone longer and it isn't what you discussed, then you really don't be down there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So can we talk a little bit about how to have this conversation? What are some things that we should like prep and prepare in order to get ready for it? Okay. So this is the fun part or not so fun part if you are, <laughs> if you have the if you have the nerves. So what I what I recommend and what I do in this instance is I send an email. Now I do not, if we have a call, I don't talk about it on the call if we've had a something leading up. I take some time. I have an email that I send. I send off this email and I open conversation at the end of it. Um, so I let the person know in my email, it literally says, if you are a hard yes, let me know and I can send over the invoice or let me know if I can charge the card on file because I, I have a I use a system where I can charge cards. Or if you need to talk more about it, please let me know and we can schedule a call to talk about this. Um, so in essence, I have an email crafted that I send off. It lists out what the original plan was and what the plan has changed to. And inside of that, I write my proposal. So I don't send it in a blanket. I make sure and say, I propose starting on X date, this amount to cover these things. So that they know, okay, this is what I was supposed to be doing. This is what I'm now doing. And this is my proposal to cover all these things that you know you need. I know you need. And this would help you and I both, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I have never gotten a bad response from it today. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. And I, we do something similar and I teach my stu students something very similar in terms of starting with the email, because then you can really lay it out in terms of like, here are the things and list it out. And it kind of gets over those nerves of like, what if they blow up on the call? You know, you can lay it out that way. People sometimes also our clients just need a moment to digest it, to look at their budgets, to, you know, to fully be able to read it over and over again. So putting it in writing can be super helpful. And then I also, 
also, uh, I always have a place that's like, if you want, if you want to have a longer conversation about this or book a call, here's the link to do that as well. So if they do want to have a conversation about it or kind of not really negotiate, but maybe, maybe they are looking for something that's a little bit more in the middle, we can have that conversation as well. So that works too. So I, I love that, that it's just, it's more about, you know, having the conversation and opening the conversation in a way that feels good for both of you. Yep. It should not only be a case where you are proposing that you get paid more money, even though you you want to, but in, in an instance where it's not your specialty, you can also be proposing that they hire someone else and, and decide if you want to help them hire that person. Mm-hmm. Love um, that. If it's not, again, if something comes up, it's not your specialty. So maybe you're dealing with social media and they start to ask you to create automations or to write captions that include copywriting in your scheduling. Then you want to recommend and let them know, hey, I, I prefer not to do copywriting. Is it possible we can bring someone on a team that has a specialty for this? Yeah. And the other piece that I want to mention is this is why it's really important to lay the scope out in your contract. Wouldn't you agree that, yeah, you want to put it in your contract too, so that you really have a leg to stand on and say, this is what was in the contract, also in the proposal when you sent the proposal, but this is what is laid out in our contract. This is what is actually happening, or this is what you're asking me for, and it is not covered in the scope of the contract. And general virtual assistants fall on there a lot because they're trying to capture every single thing. Mm -hmm. So they tend to have a very long list and that list becomes overwhelming. And they're in a hard position because they can't go back and say, hey, um, I know I said email inbox management, but now you have me managing 10 inboxes. But your contract didn't say email inbox management up to five inboxes or up to three inboxes. So you have to make sure that your agreement is also solid so that when you send this email, it makes sense. So you know your contract said, I'm going to manage three inboxes for you. When the fourth, fifth, and sixth inbox come on, then you have a leg to stand on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that I've made this mistake in the very beginning (laughs) so many times. And now I ask like 700 questions so that I'm not in that situation. It's the same thing along the inbox thing. You know, an inbox of 50 emails a week is hugely different than an inbox of 50,000 emails a week, right? So in the discovery call phase, even asking people, okay, tell me about the volume of your inbox. What's the average number of emails that come into that inbox a day or something like that? so that you're not stuck, you know, doing 10 hours worth of inbox management and you're actually doing 50 hours because it's such a large inbox. (laughs) 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 It's so true. And and the thing about it is, is no matter how many, how much years of experience you have, something still always comes up that makes you realize, oh my God, this isn't tight enough. Because just in December, I had a two week project. No, January, I had a two week project it was supposed right two weeks, $9,500 in two weeks. I knew that we could finish in that time. It's like, this is all we need to do done. In March, we weren't, it was the client still had a bunch of delays. Things were still happening. And then I was like, okay, put the big girl panties on and send the dang email <laughs> because now I'm overwhelmed. And I sent the email off proposing two more payments of $4,500. And the client came back and said, oh my God, I am so sorry. I didn't even realize that. 
we were supposed to be finishing that timeline. And I, I mean, I was sitting there thinking, okay, so you just signed the agreement, but you didn't read it, but it happened. <laughs> it does. It definitely happens. Yeah, absolutely. So many stories we could tell about that. <laughs> and, and this is another thing that I just want to point out, making sure that you're putting, you know, end of contract dates on your contracts too, because I've had those kinds of things where things balloon, you know, completely out of hand. And then the client comes back three years later. Literally, I had somebody come back three years later <laughs> and they were like, I'm ready to start now. And I'm like, we don't even offer that service anymore. <laughs> I just had this happen too. <laughs> I just talked about this in my course. I'm like, you need to put an end date because people will pay you and disappear and come back later. Like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. Someone emailed one of my clients the end of last year as well about a coaching program that she was doing in about 2017 that we no longer offer. And I'm like, she's like, hey, I'm ready for that personal coaching. She probably paid about $100 for a coaching package or less than $1,000. Coaching is now $8,000. And we're wow. like, um... <laughs> yeah, want to work now, but uh, yeah. yeah. So a hard stop deadline, so people know and renewing, continuously renewing, so that you're not just standing there and making sure that if somebody disappears, do what you're supposed to send at least three follow ups, even if they don't answer, so that you can always come back and say, "I emailed you and I didn't hear from you." And your final email should say, "Well, your second email should allude to the fact." Hey, Latoya, or hey, name, I'm trying to reach out to you for the second and third time. If I don't hear back from you by X date, our contract will be terminated, you know, so that they know they can't Mm -hmm. come back in three months. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this has been so much fun. (laughs) Okay. So we are asking a question all this season. And this question is, what does amplifying your impact mean to you? Amplifying my impact for me is wishing that I can come out of my shell more than I do. I want to be seen. I have things to tell the world and I am ridiculously shy, but sort of an introvert. I hate showing up on social media. I absolutely dislike video. Um, Clubhouse has been a breakthrough for me because I can go and talk without having to be on screen. My social media team pressures me to create video reels and all that stuff. I just run away from it. Amplifying my impact for me is coming out of that shell and just sharing my gifts with the world in a bigger space so that people can find me more and relate to me more and not feeling as though, you know what, you can't do this. Who are you to turn up and just be on video and blast yourself across the internet? When that eventually happens, it will be a a big breakthrough for me. It's a work in progress. And in conjunction with that, continuing to help the women and moms that I work with grow their their businesses and see where they go, watch them take on clients, watch them get new skills and increase their income and, and have the freedom without being tied to a corporate job. It's phenomenal to see that. So, so really those two things. Oh, I love both of those. Thank you so much. And before I let you go, I know that you have a little gift for our audience. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, this template that you have? So I am going to give you all the pay me more email uh, just so that when you get nervous or when your project is going off the rails, you have something to look at and craft to send off for your client. 
look at the wording, turn it into your voice, make it you. Um, I recommend not just copy and pasting it, but it's going to give you the format and the courage you need to go out there and send off that email to the client without feeling nervous about how to open the conversation and what to say to be able to get paid for what you're doing or to recommend someone else to do the job. So both of those aspects will be included in that, that swipe and template. Perfect. And we are going to link to that in uh, the show notes so that everybody can grab that. And then lastly, where can we find you online? You can find me on every social media channel uh, by at by Latoya R. Um, if you go on TikTok, you're going to see nothing there because I mean, <laughs> it's, it's video. <laughs> uh, I did my first reel, but it's a, a screen recording. But on Instagram, Clubhouse, uh, Facebook, I am at by Latoya R. And I also have a community called the Quitting Corporate Community, which is a group on Facebook hanging out there as well. Fantastic. Well, this has been so amazing. So fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and grab your free download so that you can start implementing what you've learned right away. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a comment and subscribe. Remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward. You're doing a great job.